0: It is a joy to be here as well. Uh, Praise God for the opportunity to gather together as a a body, whether it be in the morning or at night. Do you believe it's 2018? Can't hardly believe it. One thing's for sure, as I even listen to some of the prayer requests, I'm reminded that they are mixed with blessings and opportunities, and they're mixed with trials and challenges. Some of those trials may be considered lighter trials or lighter burdens. Some of those might be, for us, medium-sized burdens. Some of those might be very weighty burdens. We've heard them all tonight. But one thing's for sure, as we, as we find our way in the adventure of life, walking with the Lord, we thank, we thank him for his word because it gives us very clear direction how we can deal with, certainly the blessings, but tonight we're going to focus on some of the trials. How do we deal with some of these weightier things? We want to look at Psalm 62, and particularly at verse 5, and we're, we're thinking about King David, and King David is in the midst of a time in his life that it would be considered a fairly significant trial, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Let me read Psalm 62, verse 5, as our theme verse. It says, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is is from him as a context for psalm 62 it is one of those times in david's life that is very weighty most likely he is at a place in time where his kingdom is under serious scrutiny and pressure and evil men possibly including his own son absalom we're threatening David's life and scheming how not only to topple his kingdom, but also how to kill him. And this evening, with that context, we want to focus our thoughts on three vital truths that apply as we face times of trials as well. The first one is David talks to himself instead of listens to himself. The second one is David has a laser focus on God alone. And the third is that David remembers because of who God is, because of who he is, he has hope. So think with me this evening as we consider David's example and as you think about your own life, how will this apply to me? Think about 2017 and your life and think about, those sorts of things in your life. Maybe you had some of those lighter trials. Maybe you had some of those medium-sized trials. Maybe you had some of those very weighty trials. Maybe you had a mix of all of those. And then we look forward to 2018. and We don't know what's before us. We know that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a blessing. We also know that there are things that could happen that are of great joy and benefit and opportunity, and some that could be very difficult. What are we going to do? That's the question. So we're going to learn from David and see what he did in the midst of his trial. As you think about your life, though, I also want to think about one of the things that came to my mind as I asked him the question, what were some of the trials in my life this past year? That might, might be more weighty, that I could learn from David. And some of you might remember and have been so faithful to pray for us. My bride and I, we'd moved up here about a year and a half ago, like you said, brother. And we had moved up here with one of the larger corporations to take a job. And about seven months later, that group that I was with and that job was eliminated. We still had a house in Little Rock. We still had to pay for that, didn't have a job. And in the midst of that, about a month later, my mom passed away. And then in the midst of that, time droned on. There still wasn't a job. For us, that was a weightier trial. But as I consider really what David's trial was, it was significantly smaller And in some senses, that's an encouragement to me and I hope to you because sometimes as we see the weightiest trials or really weighty trials and how those who have gone before us have walked through them, we can learn from them. And that's what we want to do tonight. And so we learn from King David. We see in the Psalm 62 that there's a variety of things we can learn, but if there's one sentence to summarize up this whole issue of what he's going to address, I want to put it in one sentence. Just one sentence. And it's this. In life's most threatening times, you'll be at peace if God alone is your salvation and your refuge. That's what this, I think, passage really teaches us. Let me say that again. In life's most threatening times, you'll be at peace if God alone is your salvation and your refuge. The main theme of the psalm is very interesting. It's Basically this, the psalm says, uh, the the main theme of the psalm is that the, the right and wrong objects of hope have to always be kept in view. If we hope in God as the right object, we're secure. If we hope in ourselves, if we hope in others, if we hope in things, there's no security at all. So as we begin 2018, it's safe to say that most of us really want to know How did David deal with this? Because in the end, he finds great peace in the midst of a significant trial. Where does he begin? Good question. Psalm 62.5 says, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. The first thing David does is he speaks to himself. He speaks to his soul. Have you ever done that? Ever spoke to yourself? When I first heard about that, I thought, that's kind of crazy. On one side of the spectrum, that's kind of weird. Maybe senile people do that. But then I really started to think about, you know what? We talk to ourselves all the time. The thing that Scripture does, it kind of solidifies something for us. It doesn't just say that's kind of interesting. It actually encourages us to talk to ourselves. It gives us examples to talk to ourselves. The psalmist says in Psalm 42 and 43, he says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? And then he answers, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. The opening chapter of a very well-known book by Martin Lloyd-Jones is called Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cure, is on Psalm 42. And Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, he says, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. And he goes on to explain that rather than just going on with the thoughts that kind of come into our mind and letting them kind of rummage around and sometimes those things being the problems of yesterday and just letting them keep going, he says you need to stop and talk to yourself. You need to actually encourage yourself with the truth. You need to, you need to collect your thoughts and you need to allow yourself to be exhorted with the truth of God's word. I think that's good counsel. I think that's what David is doing. He's saying, my soul, and then he goes on. So the first thing we want to learn from David is talk to ourselves about the truth. Because the next place he goes in this particular verse, in uh, this next sentence, he says, my soul, wait in silence for God only. Wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. So after talking to yourselves, and it's vitally important that we go on to remind ourselves of who God is. It isn't just that we talk to ourselves, but now he says, I want to remind myself of who God is in the midst of this whole circumstance. Who he is in his character, in his nature, in his attributes. This is a God that is in a category all by himself. There is no one like him. He is a God that we can genuinely say we can trust. He has pledged certain things. What does he pledge to us? What are his promises? Who is this God? He's reminding himself. He's focusing on, in a silent moment, God alone. That's exactly what he does in Psalm 62. He actually piles up some even more specifics about God in Psalm 62. He piles up description after description of who God is, and after telling himself to wait in silence, he says this, For my hope is from him, He only is my rock. He's my salvation. He's my stronghold. I shall not be moved. And this time he goes on in verse 5 a little bit farther than he did in verse 2. He says in verse 2, I shall not be greatly shaken. But in verse 5, he says, I shall not be shaken, as if to be say, because I know who God is, I shall not be shaken at all. And then it is to say, he goes on to say, On God my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is God. So the point is, David really is fighting here. In the midst of this trial, the fight is one to say, I need to remember what's really important here. He is to say, in the threatening attack that's in front of him, there's confronting truths he has to keep in mind. John Calvin says it this way, and we have to listen closely because John Calvin sometimes is a little bit hard to understand in the Old English. I'll say it slow and I'll try to explain. But John Calvin, I think, hits the nail on the head. He says, one expression is here heaped upon another. And this apparently because he wished to rein that infirmity of disposition which makes us so prone to slide into wrong exercise when we throw out a passing and occasional acknowledgement that our only help is to be found in God and yet shortly display our distrust in him by busying ourselves in all directions to supplement what we consider defective in his aid. So it is to say, isn't that true? There are some times I say, well, I do want to focus on God alone. I really do think he is the one who is my hope. But then I go and handle it by myself. I put together methods and schemes and plans to get myself out of the trial. And I think what's happening here, David is saying, focus on God alone. Now, I have to say this. It's not to say that we shouldn't have plans and methods in the midst of trials. I don't think that's what David is saying. And I don't think that's what Scripture says. When is it a problem then? It's a problem when we give God a token knot of hope and then set aside who he is and what he's done for us, and really then trust in our own plans and our methods. Proverbs 16.9 says this, The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Like David, we must fight to make God our only source of deliverance. That's the key. He's my my rock, my salvation, my stronghold, David says. And then he says, I shall not be shaken. If we trust in plans and methods, we fail. But if we trust in God, who is our rock, then we can stand firm. Thirdly, David remembers that because of who God is, Because of who he is, he does have hope, real hope. The question is this, what is hope? What does he mean? Simply said, when we express hope in our day, we are typically expressing uncertainty, right? But that's not the distinctive biblical meaning of hope. And the main thing I want to clarify this evening is that biblical hope is not just a desire for something good in the future. But rather, it's biblical hope is confident expectation that is connected to a desire for something good in the future. Let me say that again. Biblical hope is a confident expectation that is connected to a desire for something good in the future. Biblical hope is not only desiring something good for the future. It expects it to happen. And it not only expects it to happen, it's confident that it will happen. What do I mean? Well, this morning we had a wonderful example. Pastor Stephen reminded us of a precious hope for all believers from Revelation chapter 19. We saw Jesus, the Son of God, the suffering servant, is coming again as the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. Remember Stephen's theme sentence? I think I got it right. Maybe I'll try. Where's Stephen? Tell me if I get it right, brother. I think this is it. The faithful are called to wait expectantly, We might say, with hope, on the return of their King Jesus, who will return to execute judgment on the righteous and unrighteous and deliver the faithful by the blood of the Lamb and bring him into his presence forever. Because of who Jesus is, the perfect Son of God, who came to rescue sinners and reconcile us to God the Father. Believers tonight have real hope. It's something that we just don't think is a nice thing in the future. We can genuinely say with a great and real expectation, that's a hope that's rock solid. Jesus is coming back. This time, he comes back as the judge. First, he came as a Savior. Next time, he comes as the judge. And this time, he comes as the judge. He is coming in a way that, that is with hope. We see this meaning of hope that comes out in many biblical texts. Here's a couple. Psalm 31, 24 says, Be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. All you who hope in the Lord. There's a confident expectation in him. Romans 15, 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. First Peter 1 Peter 1:13 says, Therefore gird your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you, in the revelation of Jesus Christ. I think the best sermon we could preach to ourselves this week as we launch into the new year could be just three words long. could be, as we speak to our soul, hope in God. In summary, David talks to himself instead of listens to himself. Secondly, David has a laser focus on who God is and God alone. And thirdly, David remembers because of who God is, his character, his nature, his attributes, there's none like him. And as a result, he has hope today. He has hope. And we can have hope today and this week and this month and this year and this upcoming decade and into eternity. So before I conclude tonight, but I ask you to consider where have you placed your hope lately friends for those who are here tonight that genuinely know the Lord Jesus where have you fixed your hope lately do you need to refocus at times does your life prove your hope is in God alone has he changed who you are what you value what you're doing with your life today and in the days to come in 2018 because you have hope in him? When you walk through times of trial, where's your hope? What are we going to do? Do you look to yourself? Do you look to your circumstances? Do you look to others? Or do we look to the one true living God in him alone for our hope? If not, can I plead with you to reconsider where you're at tonight? Consider what David did. Consider talking to yourselves about the truth. Consider having a laser focus on God alone and consider because of who God is that that hope will sustain you. If you're here tonight and you're without Christ, the Bible says that you're without God and without hope. Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, Strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world can I say to you that there is hope but that hope is not in yourself it's not in others it's not in your circumstances the same God to which David refers to in the psalm he sent forth his son Jesus we just celebrated his coming to earth as a baby when we celebrated Christmas just a couple weeks ago I beg you If you don't know him, find your hope in Jesus tonight. He is the one who can make you right with God. He is the one who can give you genuine hope, hope that lasts through all trials. It's a rock-solid hope that he alone can make you right with God. The old hymn says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. The fourth verse of that particular song links us to this morning. It says, When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found, clothed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ, The solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. As we close, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we look to the week ahead and begin this year, may we consider Psalm 62.5. May we learn from King David and in the midst of life's difficulties and trials. Talk to ourselves about the truth. Remind ourselves of who you are, and in your greatness and in your majesty, your character, your nature and attributes, may we find genuine hope. Hope for tonight, hope for this week, hope for this month, and then the days and years to come. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.